This is Rainmaker FM, the digital marketing podcast network. It's built on the Rainmaker platform, which empowers you to build your own digital marketing and sales platform. Start your free 14-day trial at rainmaker.fm slash platform. That's rainmaker.fm slash platform. Greetings, super friends. My name is Sonia Simone, and these are the confessions of a pink-haired marketer. For those of you who don't know me yet, I'm a co-founder and the chief content officer for Rainmaker Digital. I'm also a champion of running your business and your life according to your own rules. As long as you don't lie and you don't hurt people, this podcast is your official pink permission slip to run your business or your career exactly the way you think you should. Just a note, we always have links to extra resources in the show notes, and you can always find those at pinkhairedmarketer.fm. wanted to remind you guys that the show is going to go on hiatus for the month of August, and then we will return in September. And at this point, my belief is we are going to return with a new iTunes feed, and it will be hosted on a new site. I know that for sure. So that pinkhairedmarketer.fm URL is just going to continue to send you where you need to go. So by the way, before I start the official portion of today's podcast, I wanted to let you know one of the things I'm going to do when I return is to get a little mini course started. And that would just be for people who subscribe to the podcast. And what that helps is it just helps me boost the visibility in iTunes and boost um my my position there so that more people are going to be able to find me. And I also just think it's going to be fun. So I am looking for ideas for that mini course. It's a mini audio course right here, you know, for free within the podcast stream. I have a lot of ideas in my Evernote. I have a stack of index cards. I would just be interested in what you might want to hear. The idea I'm playing with right now is a short free course around a topic that I covered last year at our live event in Denver, and that was how to improve your conversion. So in other words, how to get people to do the thing you want them to do. Uh, Often, you know, how to get them to buy more of your product or your service, but also things like how to get them to sign up your email list or whatever it is that you want them to do. I got really good feedback on that last year, which is why it comes to mind. So if that sounds like you would like to have that for free, let me know. Or if you would really love to hear something else, that would let me know that as well in the comments, or you can always hit me up on Twitter. So last week we did mindset. This week, it's going to get very practical. I did a call with my friend and my business coach. His name is Gary Barnes on this topic just the other day. And I think it's probably something that a lot of people would find useful. And that's how to launch your first digital product or perhaps your next digital product. That's a product that exists purely in the digital world. And many of us, maybe even most of us, you know, can benefit from getting something like this launched. Um, Sometimes we launch free products because that helps us grow our email list. You know, we we offer something interesting in return for the email address. Um, Could be a small side business, a small side hustle, just a little revenue project. Now, a quick pitch before I get started. We have a whole live event devoted to exactly this. It is coming up in Denver, Colorado in October of 2016. And we are really going to be walking you through 
this process in depth. So it's going to be a very action-oriented couple of days. It's a little bit like a cross between a class and a conference. And that's just how Brian Clark likes to set our live events up. They're always super high value and people always come away um, just with a very solid plan and often with things, you know, kind of already accomplished. Now, if you are coming to the live event, the Digital Commerce Summit, you will have the opportunity, if you want to, to sign up for an additional workshop that I am delivering with Chris Brogan. So I'm going to give you some more details on that. It's going to be a small group workshop. Um, We have one on membership courses, and then our partner, Brian Gardner, is delivering one on um, WordPress-based businesses. So you will have that opportunity if you're going to be joining us for the live event. Okay, let's get some steps on how to get the first digital product launched or how to get the next one launched if you've already got maybe one or two things in the works. Step one is just understanding, acknowledging, developing who and how you serve. And I'm pretty sure we've said this like one million times on Copyblogger. Everything good comes from the audience. So you have to know who you're helping, and then you have to know how specifically you help them. And most business is founded on this, and nearly all digital business is founded on this. In other words, there's not a lot of profitable digital business that's being founded on the basis of pure entertainment, the way that you have, you know, in more the mainstream media where we have HBO and we have Showtime and the TV networks and things like that. In digital business, it's almost always about a specific audience with a specific set of issues and concerns and desires that you help them solve. And so one of the important things that we do with content and with content marketing is to attract these people and then give them some meaningful help and advice for their journey as a way that we can get to know each other. So that's our blog posts, our podcasts, our YouTube tutorial videos, all of that wonderful publicly findable content on the web. Now, most folks who are working on this idea, who do I serve and how do I serve them? Many people thinking about that idea are not getting specific enough. I hear this time and time again, for example, in our Q&A sessions, uh, in the authority community, or for our other products. So, for example, I'll ask somebody, I'll ask a student of ours in one of our communities, okay, what is it, you know, who do you serve and how do you serve them? And what I get is, I help people make meaningful change in their lives. All right, so this is great. What a wonderful thing to do. What kind of people? Now, the answer to that could be demographic. These are traditional demographics that have been used by marketers for a long time. This is something like women between 20 and 50 who live in large cities and drive a mini. It can also be psychographic. This one is gaining a lot more prevalence recently. So that would be people who identify as spiritual but not religious, and who have an interest in social justice causes. And of course, it can be a combination. It can be demographic and psychographic, if that, you know, works for you. Now, to some degree, you will start off with a demographic and or a psychographic in mind, but to some extent, you have to make room for learning this by putting a message out and then watching who shows up. 
because the audience that appears may or may not look like the one that you intended to attract. You know, as long as you still like these people, go with the flow. So as long as you still like these people, go ahead and go with the flow. Now, why does this happen? This happens, I think, because the message that you send out contains um, elements that you know you're sending out. I know that I'm talking about uh, marketing, and I know that I'm talking about, you know, putting together an email list or search engine optimization, et cetera. And then part of your message that you're sending out, you're not as aware of, which is your personality, your values, your tone, your outlook, all those kind of soft elements. And content marketing is really rich with those. And content marketing is really rich with those. So sometimes people are responding to those unspoken elements, those tonal elements um, that you might not have anticipated. You didn't even maybe know you were sending those signals. Now, in the unlikely event that you do not like who shows up, you know, you get people in your audience and you're thinking like, I don't really want to, I don't want these people as my customers. You can always try a little bit of strongly worded values, content, and conversation. You start talking about what you believe, what you don't believe, what's important to you, what matters, and get very real and very unambiguous about it. And the people that you don't like will tend to just go away. Doesn't happen often, but it has been known to happen. Okay, so you've thought about and observed the people that you serve. Then you want to think about and observe how you help them specifically. So is there some kind of a memorable, simple label for your process, for your methodology that you could put together to talk about what is it that you do for these people? And again, you will, you will learn a lot by observing what they need and then realizing, oh, you know, these people need a lot of, of this kind of advice or assistance. And I actually happen to know quite a bit about that, uh, whether or not I've been talking about it. So a lot of that does come from observation as well as the, um, you know, your ideas about how you're going to help and what you're going to help people do. It's a process. It's a dynamic. It's not just you showing up with a megaphone and saying, da-da, I help you with this. So step two, and these steps, you know, we're outlining them in the broadest possible strokes, but get on over to Copyblogger when you need more help with these or pick up the free ebook series if you need more help with these, or of course, um, come find us in October at the live event. So step two would be to pull your audience together. And if you haven't started some kind of a content hub to build your audience, then you want to do that as soon as you can. You really do want something that you control and you want a way to keep talking with them. So very commonly, that means a blog or a podcast or both, and then an email list. And the question always comes up, well, couldn't I just do this on my Facebook group because I have a ton of people there? So I am noticing from watching my friends who are business owners who have good, robust Facebook groups if you are primarily a person with a Facebook group, so you're not coming in like having written a book already or, you know, having somebody who subscribes to an email newsletter already. If you're primarily on Facebook, many business owners I'm seeing are having a rough, rough time trying to turn around and sell something to those people. Because frankly, a lot of people who spend a ton of their time in Facebook groups are looking for free advice. You know, either because they just flat out don't have the money 
or because that's not what they're choosing to spend the money on. And you know, there's not a thing in the world wrong with either of those positions, except that these people are not your customer. If they don't have the money to spend on what you sell, or they're not choosing to spend their disposable income on what you sell, they are not your customer. So spending, you know, hours and hours every week um, nurturing them and connecting with them on Facebook is probably not going to help your business. So as a just rough rule of thumb, all other things being equal, all other things, of course, never are equal, but all other things being equal, I would much rather have an email list of 500 buyers than a Facebook group of 5,000 people who want free advice. You know, it's just the math doesn't work. It looks impressive, um, but at the end of the day when you're making offers, if it's not converting, then it doesn't make a lot of sense to continue to pour maybe that much time and energy into. So I do know people who are doing fantastic things with Facebook groups, and I have noticed that they tend to be people who their audience has another point of connection. They're on the email list. They're reading the blog. They're buying a book, something along those lines. So if you are starting out just really from scratch and you just have nobody in your audience yet, you haven't started to pull that community together yet, um, you, there's a couple of options. You can partner. You know, you can find somebody who's already gathered the audience and partner with that person. Or um, if this is the kind of thing that interests you, you can absolutely do something like Facebook advertising. That takes some extra cash and it takes a significant amount of time to get good at it. You really have to look at it. We have been noticing lately at Copyblogger that Twitter paid advertising, which for a long time was kind of an eye roll, you know, please kind of a thing, actually been kind of cost effective for us. Then again, our audience is largely on Twitter. So play around and look at your own resources and constraints. Uh, but there are ways to pull an audience together if you don't have an audience today. Then again, very broad strokes, step three would be, what's that smallest meaningful change you can offer to your audience? We refer to this a lot at Copyblogger as the minimum viable product. So once you know who you serve and you've started to pull them together so you can have a conversation, the first step is to listen. I touched on this before. What is bugging them about your topic? What are they struggling with? What's frustrating or annoying? You can do a survey if you want. You can use my friend Ryan Levesque's Ask Formula. That works really well. He wrote a book about it. You're looking for opportunities to solve an annoying problem with your digital product. So maybe you're going to help people finally get consistent about their exercise habit. Or maybe you're going to help people learn how to catch Pokemons and Pokemon Go. Or you're going to help people learn how to get a promotion at work. You know, not all problems are, are earth-shattering. Some problems are simple and fun, but people still want to know about them. How to get the perfect, you know, pink hair color. Again, most digital businesses solve a specific problem. And it could be like, a, you know, a serious problem or it can be a fun problem, but you are solving a problem. Now, the trick here is look for the tiniest problems you can to solve first. These are initial steps on a greater path. So if you try to launch a massive membership and education community that's going to create a really complete transformation for your audience, you're going to have a really hard time unless you have an incredibly strong relationship with your audience already in place. 
I have made this work, but that's because I had the relationship in place. And if I had it to do over again, I would launch smaller things first because that's a great way to build and strengthen the relationship. So you try to solve the minor annoyances very early on, then the bigger headaches, then the really thorny, you know, chewy, complex problems. You want to work your way up. And in terms of what is the product, like what is it going to be? Really, if you can create it, if you can create multiple copies in a digital format and then take money for it, you've got a product. So I'll throw you some examples, but you know, it's not limited to this. Some small ones are cheat sheets, mind maps, process maps, workbooks, short ebooks, checklists, quick video tutorials. I really like these paired with workbooks. So you have uh, a video tutorial and then you have a workbook for the person to do exercises. Audio tutorials. Now, as you start to work your way up to bigger, thornier audience problems and therefore bigger solutions, which normally will come with a bigger price tag, that's when you start getting into the e-courses, the membership communities, possibly a, a software as a service app, possibly a virtual coaching group, that kind of thing. And again, if you can reproduce it digitally, package it and take money for it, um, you can be creative. You know, my friend JB Glossinger has a premium podcast. It's called Morning Coach. So he sells, so the Monday podcast is free and then Tuesday through Friday are paid, a paid subscription. So unusual model, but it works really well for him. It works for his audience. The main thing is to start very, very small. Checklists, cheat sheets for the very beginning, and then work up to a simple tutorials. Um, it's great if these are audio or video, just because there's a little bit more perceived value and perceived, you know, usability paired with a PDF workbook. And realize when I say workbook that, you know, that could be two or three pages. It doesn't, I'm not talking about something that has to be 50 pages long, small. Okay. Step four, you've got to put the tools together to deliver it. Um, in the past, when I started doing this, actually delivering that digital product to a customer and then getting paid was such a pain. I can't even tell you. When I created my first educational community, the technology side was it was just a bear and it was not cheap. So we had to take all kinds of products. We had to stitch them together. Um, I had a wonderful designer working with it. She styled it so it looked great and worked well. And then, you know, I don't even want to tell you about the couple of weeks that we had Russian hackers who kept putting pornography into the member library. That was just wonderful. So it used to be hard. So I'm just going to tell you, if you have any kind of revenue coming in on this project, if you want to do this in the easiest, most turnkey way possible, that is what the Rainmaker platform was designed to do for you. Because you get that public side, you know, with the blog, the podcast, um, and then you get the membership side. You, you could have members who join your site for free which is how we do it at my copy blogger. And then of course, some of your members are going to be paid members who have bought a product. You can have as many products as you want. You can have recurring billing. If they stop paying for one product, they lose access to that product, but they can still keep access to the other products. The flexibility um, and the, the power, the robustness of it, hosted, turnkey, and secure is a really good solution.
you know, if we're talking about a checklist that costs 99 cents and your audience is still small, Rainmaker is a paid service. So it's not a rock bottom price. It gives really good value considering how many tools, especially considering premium hosting. But um, if you're not there yet, you're not there yet. That's totally cool. In that case, you want to go as simple as you can possibly manage on the tool side. So probably something like self-hosted WordPress and then a, a service like a ClickBank or an eJunkie just to make things really, really simple. They're low friction solutions. They're fine when you're starting out. Um, just at some point, you're probably going to find that it makes sense to upgrade to something that's a little more robust and easier to work with and also something that's not taking a big commission. Of course, Rainmaker Platform doesn't take any commission off of anything that you sell through the platform. Step four, um, I think that we're addicted to creating acronyms, or at least I seem to be. But this one kind of popped out as I was planning this session, and I'm calling it LORE, L-O-R-E. Launch, observe, rework, and evolve. So in other words, you get something out there, and it, it might not be awesome. You know, it might be kind of not too awesome, but maybe there's a spark. Maybe there's something that reflects an idea that seems to resonate. Uh, help solve a problem that you think your people care about. And then you just watch what happens. You know, you talk to the buyers. And if nobody buys, then you try and talk to some non-buyers. Just try and get onto your list and ask a couple of folks to chat with you about why it just didn't seem like a good fit or didn't seem appealing to them. You rework your offer so that it's better based on the feedback that you get and the observations that you make. And you evolve your product to a better version. And the cool thing about this is you don't have to be the world's most innovative product designer. So you just start with a spark that will catch. And that's why we start with those tiny, tiny little micro products is we're looking for that spark that you're going to be able to fan the flame on and make it bigger. So if you think that you would like to start a digital business, most of us start these as small projects on the side and then grow them into something bigger over time. Um, just one final reminder, our live event this year is going to be focused on that. It's called the Digital Commerce Summit. It happens in October, Denver, Colorado, and it's designed to, you know, walk you through this process and all of these very broad brush kind of steps that I walked you through. We're going to take you through these in a lot more detail. So, you know, understanding who you serve, actually finding those people and, you know, connecting with them and building the audience, developing the product idea, producing the product, launching it, and then, of course, that whole process of evolving and growing over time. So if you have not signed up yet, but you want to join us, there is some early bird pricing. It is not going to last forever. So, um, you know, if you want to do it, just do it now because you want to get the best price. It just makes sense. Uh, you can get that going at digitalcommerce.com and then just look for the summit section. Or if you're very good at listening to URLs, you can just go to digitalcommerce.com slash summit. As I mentioned this year, we are trying something new. We're trying supplemental workshops. They're optional on, that are a deep dive. So Chris Brogan and I are going to be doing an optional workshop this year on how to put together an online course. So Chris and I have done quite a lot of this. At times, we have done this project together. We have partnered on projects like this. An online course was really got me out of the stress of chasing freelance clients. 
and onto what was for me a much more sustainable and enjoyable business model, model, and it sure was a more predictable cash flow. So we're going to be doing a hands-on workshop, small group. Um, we're still finalizing the venue, so I'm not sure how many people I'm going to be able to fit, but you know, dozens, not hundreds. There is an additional fee at this point. Um, it's really reasonable. They're going to raise the price on it. But again, if you kind of are interested in it, if you have already signed up for Summit, check your email box because you've got an invitation there. And I will get you a link in the show notes um, if you want to go directly to it. But right now it is only for people who are attending Summit. It's going to be fun. I love events where I can really work closely with people and really dive into specific questions and specific stuck spots and work through those and come through to the other side. It's so fun for me, and I've really seen people get a tremendous amount out of it. I don't get a lot of opportunity to work this closely with people. I don't do any coaching at all one-on-one, and the coaching that I do do is virtual. So this is a chance to meet face-to-face and really get some cool work done um, together. And of course, with Chris Brogan, who's a wonderful teacher and a great guy if you haven't met him yet. So that's it for this time. Thank you for your time and attention, and I will catch you next week. Take care. Take care.